In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You're advised that any views expressed by the hosts or their guests are not necessarily the views of Tuggy Entertainment or its partners. Just give us one hour and we'll help you change the way you think about happiness. Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Cayman is a fresh talk radio approach promoting happiness from the inside out. Happiness is a choice, and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. Each week, Lisa shines her light on well-being and global human flourishing by presenting a diverse and proactive collection of the greatest thinkers and doers who have devoted their lives to creating a better world in which to live. As a filmmaker, positive psychology coach, author, professor, and change agent specializing in the field of happiness, Lisa Cybers Kamen is widely recognized as an expert in the field. On the show, she also focuses on military families and service personnel returning with PTSD, traumatic brain injury, and other post-deployment civilian life reintegration issues. So, let's spend some time getting to the heart of the matter on Harvesting Happiness on toginet.com. And now, here's your host, Lisa Cypress-Kamen. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Welcome to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. I'm here to speak with you today as I do each and every week about happiness, well-being, and human flourishing. Authentic happiness is not selfish, egotistical, or narcissistic. In fact, the achievement of a happy life is not only good for us, but good for those around us. Sustainable happiness is important because it not only elevates our own well-being locally, but also contributes to the collective flourishing of humanity on a global level. In short, happiness matters. Happiness comes from the heart. And this show is all about the heart. And I want to add something about this show and the work that we do at Harvesting Happiness. We really are in the business of purpose-driven media. And we do this through filmography, through felicitation, which is the creation of happiness, and philanthropy, which is through giving of ourselves, giving our time to serve those in need of a helping hand and maybe just in need of company. And we can get on with this later in the show. But before we bring on today's guest, I want to open up the phone lines for call-ins at 877-864-4869. Again, that's 877 864 4869. We are going to talk about happiness and well being and fitness and photography and world travel today with a very, very interesting young man who is on a mission to make the world well. Chris, uh, James Clear is the founder of The Art of Becoming Better. He is an entrepreneur, writer, travel photographer. His writing has been featured by U.S. News and World Report, American Express, Yahoo, Lifehacker, and dozens of other business and media outlets. His photography was nominated for the Travel Photographer of the Year Award and for his work covering the September 11th Memorial in New York City. Good morning, James. Good morning. Thanks for having me. 
Oh, well, we're, ha- we're happy to have you here. Let's talk a little bit about photography, and which is clearly one of your passions, and how it leads you to your happy place and, and to the art of becoming better. Sure, sure. Well, I got started with photography when I was moving to Scotland. I lived in Scotland for a little while, and so on my way before I left, uh, before I left to go over there, I was like, well, I should probably get a better camera. There'll probably be some exciting things to see. And I think when I bought my first camera, my family thought that I sort of like overbought because I had never had one before. And they're like, what are you going to do with this? And I ended up taking 40,000 photos in the next year. And so I just, I fell in love with it as soon as I started doing it. And we can talk about this more as the show goes on, but there's been a lot of research that has shown that creative processes, so whether it's photography or music or any type of art, really, any type of creative expression is not only essential to happiness, but also essential to your health as a human being. And so it's something that I do because I love it. And I think that that form of creative expression for me has been a very interesting window into myself, you know, to find out what I'm excited about and what I'm interested in, and also just a way to express who I am and what about the world excites me. And so that's sort of been the outlet that I've, that I've chosen to do those things. So photography was your first profession. I'm just trying to kind of connect the dots of how, how you became superhuman. (laughs) Sure. Well, so my, uh, my focus has been typically in health and and wellness and medicine for the majority of my life. I played baseball in undergrad. I was a, a strength conditioning coach. Um, I was a biomechanics major. I worked in orthopedic medical practice for a little while. So there were a variety of touch points on health and wellness. And so that's sort of where I got started, was interested in that, was being interested in that. Mm-hmm. Um, at the same time, I've been an online entrepreneur. And so whether that's running different web properties, blogging, creating businesses and communities online, that's been what I've focused on as far as a real job, if you want to call it that, for the last two years. Um, and during that time, I've started to pr- pursue photography on my own. And because of the flexibility that I have with the work that I do and the businesses that I run, I'm able to travel a lot. And so I've been to, I think, 15 or 16 countries in the last two years. And that's where the photography habit has sort of blossomed for me as well. So that's how the dots are connected, if that makes sense. Got it. No, it does make sense. And it's actually quite important because it is, you know, what it also talks about and speaks to is the need to constantly grow, that that is how we not only become happy, but stay sustainably well and this proves the proves this point that you you know you started your life out one way you, you know you were into uh, uh bodybuilding nutrition wellness health you have an interest in entrepreneurship and running businesses and obviously making money as it's a necessity for life and part of happiness a very real and natural one actually because we all need to make money and then finally this, this the 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 wanderlust or creativity in in the art of photography and what how it's opened your eyes and your heart and your mind is essential to that continual growth. And that's, that's where I was getting at it. It's, it's the amalgamation of all of these things that keep you in a, a state of perpetual, uh, at least emotional wellness and gratitude. Yeah, absolutely. I think what you're hinting at there, and I, this is the central question that I try to answer on my site, jamesclear.com, is what does it mean to live a healthy life? And you know, there's a lot more to obviously, I believe in exercise and uh, nutrition. I mean, it's been a, an important part of my life, both as an athlete and as a trainer and, you know, just day to day as a regular person. But 
I think that there's a lot more to living a healthy life than just exercise and nutrition, right? The things that you mentioned, the exploration component, right? The contribution component, what type of business do you build or what type of work do you do? Do you find value and meaning in the way that you're spending your life on a day-to-day basis? And then also, and perhaps most importantly, the connection that you have with other people. What are you sharing with people? What are you, who are you surrounding yourself with and what are you providing to the people that you do touch and see on a daily basis. And the collection of all those things, I think, is is probably closer to the answer of what it means to live a healthy life rather than merely focusing on, um, you know, health and fitness or exercise and nutrition. Well, you know, I, I'm going to add to that is, is that the, uh, the healthy life or, or, or the, the, the fitness and, and nutrition aspect mm-hmm. is the byproduct of leading this healthy lifestyle, which is all about these good social connections, um, feeling that you're living your life on purpose and on task and with meaning, to be of service, to be in gratitude, to be aware or mindful of what's going on, not only with inside of you, but uh, with, within the world at large, you know, that we're not the center of the world, we are a part of it. Oh, I would agree with that. Absolutely. And actually, the happiness research um, has has shown the same thing, right? That it's not necessarily the result of what we're doing, but it's the, you know, it's the start of it. And so starting with happiness, starting with gratitude, starting with contribution, starting with connection is the way to improve your physical health or your mental health or whatever the end result may be, your bank account, if we're talking about making money. And a lot of times I think we flip that, right? We put happiness as the end result. We think that if we achieve X success or if we achieve um, whatever the particular milestone or goal is, then we'll be happy. But what you're mentioning here, and I think it's a great point, is that if you start with that, then it becomes much easier to achieve the results and goals because happiness isn't necessarily the end destination, but rather the foundation of achieving whatever it is that you're setting your sights on. Well, I, you know, I would, I would actually say that it's the byproduct of doing the right thing. You know, once you identify these uh, steps, an action plan for yourself or a manifesto, if you will, of what it, what it takes to make James happy or what it takes to make Lisa happy or any of our listeners out there, which really requires that you be willing to take on a, a certain amount of joyful work in the process that's not for the faint of heart. You know, to truly be sustainably happy means that you have to invest in yourself. Oh, absolutely. I think that direction and purpose, I think it was Montaigne, the the famous writer who said that, you know, if you have a bow and arrow, the first thing that you need is a target, right? And so if you don't have a a place to aim, a direction, a purpose to aim towards, then um, it becomes much more difficult to find that happiness or to develop that byproduct of happiness or whatever the result is that you may be looking for. And we say over here at Harvesting Happiness that happiness is an inside job, that it is not something that is conditional, like you you spoke of earlier. It's not predicated upon the right physiology, the right partner, and actually, I dare say, even the right health. And And I'll explain why I'm saying this. The very first show we did on Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio was going on three years ago. And one of our guests was named Tom DeFossis. I I see him as plain as day in front of me. He was an elder gentleman, probably in his mid-70s, who had brain cancer. And he was one of the top fundraisers for Beth Israel Medical Center in Boston, Massachusetts, where he was spearheading a campaign for what's known as Grateful Nation. And they they actually have one of our promo spots on this radio show. And um, 
Grateful Nation obviously is all about expressing gratitude to those that have given you care in the in the hospital environment, but also just in life. And Tom said on the radio show, which blew many people away, that getting cancer was the best thing that ever happened to him, that it actually enabled him to access joy that he never thought was possible. And we're going to go to a break. I don't mean to cut you off. We're going to go to a break. But when we come back, we'll continue the conversation of James Clear. Uh, And to learn more about his work, you can go to www.jamesclear.com. Here come the tunes. And you can find him on Twitter at James underscore Clear. And on Facebook, it's James Clear. And you're listening to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio with Lisa Cypers Kamen. I wanted to make a difference. I wanted to fight. We know that life is tough and that happiness can and does live along with adversity. We'll be right back to explain how on Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Kamen on Toginet.com. Like us on Facebook at Harvesting Happiness and on Twitter at HH Talk Radio. Lisa returns with more of Harvesting Happiness following this short break. Nothing gives happiness like a free gift. Lisa Cypress Kamen has made her first ebook, Got Happiness Now? Eight Keys to Unlocking a Joyful Life, available at no cost to everyone. Unwrap your complimentary copy now by visiting www.harvestinghappinesstalkradio.com. Are you or do you know a returning U.S. military man or woman in need of restoring joy in their lives? Did you know that our nonprofit, Harvesting Happiness for Heroes, offers stigma-free combat trauma and post-deployment reintegration programming? Check us out at www.hh4heroes.org. That's HH, the number four, and heroes.org. Happiness is an inside job. Wear the message on T-shirts, baseball caps, sterling silver designer jewelry, and more. Please visit our online boutique at www.harvestinghappiness.com. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress-Kamen on Toginet, the show dedicated to promoting happiness because happiness is a choice and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. So let's get back to it. It's Harvesting Happiness on toginet.com. And now back to your host, Lisa Cypress-Kamen. Welcome back, y'all. If you're just joining us now, I'm here today with James Clear, who is on a mission to make the world well. He is the founder of The Art of Becoming Better. And prior to the break, we were talking about happiness, fitness, wellness, finding one's sense of passion, purpose, place, and meaning, which we always talk about on this show. And now we're going to talk a little bit about behavioral changes and habit formation, which happens to be one of Mr. Clear's specialties. Hi, James. Hi. Hi. So let's talk about this. We've, we, we, all, we all basically want the same things in life, which is are to be healthy, prosperous, and happy. And then what? Sure. Well, 
I mean, we all want those things, right? And I think that those are natural human desires. But often what happens is we end up confusing our desires with the habits or the behaviors that can get us there. So, for example, if someone wants to run a marathon, you know, the desire is, oh, I wish I had this life-changing, you know, marathon that I could run. Or I wish I could lose 30 pounds, which would be a life-changing transformation, right? We focus on the desire. But what we often forget is that, the daily actions, the small behavior changes, the small habits are what get us there. And it makes logical sense when we talk about it, but it's so easy to fall into the trap of getting wrapped up in the desire for change or getting wrapped up in the dream or the hope to to have something wonderful happen in your life. And so what I've done is I've both through my own experiments and then also through, uh, you know, reading of the science and research because I was a biomechanics major. So I'm always uh, I was always a science guy. So between all of those things, I've started to experiment with different habit formations in my own life and also with um, the science and how we can go ahead and apply that to a variety of uh, different instances. So, for example, all habits, whatever you're trying to form, follow the same three-step process. And that step is you have to have some type of reminder. I call these the three R's of habits. So you have to have some type of reminder, so something that causes you to do an action. So, for example, if your phone rings, right, that's a reminder. The second R is routine, so it's the actual routine, the actual habit itself. So if your phone rings, the routine would be answering the phone. And then the third piece is the reward. And so the reward is whatever the benefit is you get from doing that action. And so the reward could be... Uh, talking to someone, depending on who calls you, I guess, or finding out what they wanted to call you for. So like that relief of, you know, your curiosity could be the benefit or the reward for answering the phone. And what happens is if the reward is positive, it tells you the next time your phone rings, you should answer it again. And so over time, as this loop continues over and over and over again, it forms a habit. And what we can do with that is we can structure it to impact our life for whatever the goal is we're going for. So in this case, you know, on harvesting happiness, we talk about happiness. So if we want to, if we want to improve our happiness, then we can figure out ways to tr- to offer little reminders throughout our day to build routines that will lead to greater happiness and give us that reward. So for example, one routine that I follow is whenever I sit down for dinner, I say one thing that I'm grateful about because gratefulness and gratitude has been proven to link to happiness. And then the reward is, you know, I, I feel more grateful and I express gratitude in my life. And so the result is that that little sequence, every time I sit down for dinner, that's the reminder and as time goes on, it becomes it becomes a habit. And I'll give you another example of one that I'm doing in my own life right now. I'm working towards doing 100 push-ups in a row. And when I started, I was really low. I could only do about 30. And But now I've been doing it for over eight months, and I'm getting close. I just did 70 in a row about a week or two ago. And the result is by doing this little habit, by not thinking about the, the overall transformation, but by simply trying to build the habit of doing push-ups every Monday, Wednesday, Friday – um, I get so much closer to our goal. And it sounds simple, it sounds basic, but so often we forget to do it. Well, I think that that's true. And, you know, I often tell people that, ha- you know, training for happiness or becoming a happier person on a, on a mental, physical, and emotional level it requires that you train for it. Very similarly to when we say we want to lose weight, we know we'll feel better. We think it in our mind as we would with, let's say, wanting to lose weight. We know what to do, and then there's a disconnect between the, the, the action of it. You know, yeah, to lose absolutely. weight, you, you, have to, you have to close your mouth and start moving your feet. It's pretty simple. Mm-hmm. 
I would, and I would also say, so here's, here's another way to think about it. Um, I wrote an article about, I did what I call identity based habits, um, when it came to setting up new year's resolutions, because a lot of times when we set up a goal or a new year's resolution, for example, we think about a performance based aspect or an appearance based aspect. And so like, you know, lose 30 pounds or squat 100 more pounds or whatever the, you know, earn a thousand dollars more a month, whatever the result or the performance is. Instead, I think that oftentimes we should start with the identity that we want to form. So, for example, identity answers the question, what type of person could get this result? So, you know, the type of person who could lose 30 pounds is a person who works out, you know, three times a week or a person who never misses a workout. So the goal, I think, in the beginning should be to become the type of person or become the person who has an identity that could lead to the end result rather than focusing on the end result. So, you know, for the, in the case of happiness, what type of person could be happy? Well, you know, it could be someone who finds value in their job or someone who expresses gratefulness on a daily basis or whatever, you know, the habit may be for your particular life. But if you can answer that question and start with the identity rather than starting with the performance or the appearance or the end, you know, result or goal that you want, then you lay the foundation for achieving the performance down the line. You know, become the type of person who never misses a workout. Then you can move on to becoming the type of person who loses 15 pounds. Mm, I think that's very, very well said because it's really about cultivating discipline above all else. Because it's the discipline um, that is essential to achieving any goal that it is we desire, whether it's losing weight, whether it's um, uh, being happier, being wealthier, uh, having more relationships. Let's say uh, we set our intentions upon uh, having a a new relationship or finding a a love mate. This requires really discipline and practice, but it's not the kind of discipline and and practice that is goal-oriented. It's process-oriented. Absolutely. And it also, it allows you to get past the feeling of failure, which is so, I mean, it's so easy to set a goal for yourself and say, I want X, right? I want a better, I want a relationship with a person I love, or I want to lose 20 pounds or I, whatever it is, right? I want to earn a thousand dollars more every month. And if you can, you know, so often we set those goals and you start to move towards them. But even if you make progress, even if you're earning, you know, $200 more a month instead of $1,000, you have made progress, but you feel like a failure because you didn't hit this arbitrary goal that you set in the beginning. And if instead of starting with that performance or appearance-based goal, you start with the identity, then you actually feel better about yourself. You know, if the identity is, um, you know, call five clients a day or call five clients a week for, you know, for freelancing or consulting – well, you may end up earning $200 more a month instead of 1000 but you don't feel like a failure because you're doing the, you're performing an action that is based on the identity of the type of person who could earn $1000 rather than saying if I don't get to this number, if I don't get to this goal, if I don't find love, then you feel like a failure. And it it allows you to take a little bit of the emotion out of not reaching a particular goal because who I mean, who knows if you're good at setting a goal or picking a number? I mean, we pick numbers, but how do we know what we can really achieve or whether or not it fits in well with our daily life? And I think if we start with identity, we prevent a little bit of that feelings of feeling of failure. 
Well, there's an uh, uh, an old expression called practice makes permanent, and I think this appropriately describes what we're talking about. The more you practice, the easier it becomes, the more um, seamless the practice of it then becomes because you don't really have to think about it. It just becomes part of your day, like brushing your teeth. Um, and it, the um, energy around success or failure is actually minimized because it's just assimilated into the daily routine and the discipline um, that it takes to uh, run your life, to be the CEO of your life, which is another key component to happiness, which is self-mastery. When we take responsibility for the good and the bad. Oh, I, I couldn't agree more. I think personal responsibility is one of the greatest skills you can have because it allows you to reframe the context of how things happen in your life. And instead of, you know, take, instead of allowing yourself to play the role of the victim, you become the type of person who can take control over things that happen to you. And I think that's a critical and huge shift in the way that you approach things, right? If, if, you know, if something bad happens to you, if you show up at, I, I don't know, you know, if you show up at a store that's closed and you wish it was open or if uh, someone was mean to you on the street or whatever it happens to be, instead of instead of feeling like it happened to you or you're the victim of something, you can think, well, how could I have done better with that? Or how could I have planned better? Or how could I have approached that situation better? And taking personal responsibility, not saying that it's your fault, but that it's your responsibility to figure out a better way to approach it. Is is huge, and I think that's exactly what you're hinting at there. I, I'm, and I'm more than hinting. I'm I'm really saying it because you know things happen to us. Bad things will happen to us that are not our fault. But how we relate to these issues when they arise is within our responsibility. And actually, the only thing that we can control is our own behavior. The only thing in life we can control is our own behavior that you know that's a news flash i know that may be very difficult for some people to really embrace but you know we can't control the weather we can't control our politicians we can't control our partners we can control our children eh, maybe a little you know until they reach a certain age but then at the end of the day how we relate to these issues is the issue and it's the key to our success or failure really yeah i agree with that and i would imagine that if someone's listening to this and they think the opposite or if they feel the opposite or if they don't feel like, you know, maybe they can't control their own behaviors, but they really don't believe that they can. I would say that if in my experience, the biggest impact that I've had on that, on believing in yourself, on taking that personal responsibility to the next level or on implementing it into your life is proving it to yourself with small wins. Because if you're the type of person who, you know, sits on the couch and watches TV for a lot of, you know, four hours a night and you would like to get in shape, but you don't really believe that you're the type of person who could do it, I would encourage you to, to prove it to yourself with small wins. So pick something that's so easy that you can't, you can't say no to it, right? Do one push-up. Or walk around your, you know, your block once or whatever it is, a goal that's so easy that you can't ignore it and then prove to yourself that you can do that. And then once you do, prove it to yourself that you can do something else. And eventually, by doing enough of those small goals, you start to believe that you're the type of person who does work out or you're the type of person who does take personal responsibility for your relationships or you're the type of person who does have control over how much they earn or what type of career they have or the value that they provide to society. And it's only through those small actions that you eventually start to believe it about yourself. And it has to start there. 
It does. It starts with the self. We are going to be going to a break, and when we we return, we're going to carry on the conversation with James Clear. I want to touch upon your entrepreneurial spirit because I think this is a very interesting aspect to what we're talking about. We all want to be professionally successful, and I want to talk about how that dovetails into your philosophy, into your practice, and just the different types of businesses that you are involved with. Um, To find out more about James Clear, please visit www.jamesclear, like clearasday.com. That's jamesclear.com. On Twitter, he is James underscore clear. On Facebook, he is James Clear. Here come the tunes. I wanted to make a difference. I wanted to fight. We know that life is tough and that happiness can and does live along with adversity. We'll be right back to explain how on Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress-Kamen on toginet.com. Like us on Facebook at Harvesting Happiness and on Twitter at HH Talk Radio. Lisa returns with more of Harvesting Happiness following this short break. Like what you hear on Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio? Subscribe to us on iTunes and get your weekly dose of joy downloaded free and easily to your computer or portable device. That's Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio on iTunes. likes to win enter our weekly contests at harvesting happiness on facebook where we give away our guests books music film and products each week in addition we also do great harvesting happiness giveaways like free coaching sessions with lisa cypress cayman lisa's books happiness first aid kits h factor where is your heart documentary film happiness is an inside job products including the sterling silver infinity bracelet that benefit harvesting happiness for heroes a non-profit whose mission is to assist our returning military personnel and their loved ones challenged by combat trauma and other post-deployment reintegration issues. Join us at Harvesting Happiness on Facebook. Nothing gives happiness like a free gift. Lisa Cypress came and has made her first ebook, Got Happiness Now? Eight Keys to Unlocking a Joyful Life. Available at no cost to everyone. Unwrap your complimentary copy now by visiting www.harvestinghappinesstalkradio.com. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Kamen on Toginet, the show dedicated to promoting happiness because happiness is a choice and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. So let's get back to it. It's Harvesting Happiness on Toginet.com. And now back to your host, Lisa Cypress Kamen. Welcome back. I'm here today with James Clear, who is clearly on a mission to make the world well. He is the founder of The Art of Becoming Better. And prior to um, the break, we were talking about physical and emotional well-being, creating happiness in our lives through routines and rituals that keep our bodies and our minds on track. And now we're going to sort of switch tracks slightly or add another component to this. And this is the professional or business aspect of this. James is an entrepreneur, and he uh, has some very interesting ways that he has folded in his philosophy and his practices in his professional life. 
James. Yeah, I, uh, I'm excited to talk about this. It's been an interesting journey. I've been uh, self-employed for a little over two years now, and I mentioned earlier that my interest has always been in health and medicine. And I, you know, I was an athlete in college. I was strength and conditioning coach. I worked at a medical practice, and all these different areas excited me. And I, you know, I was really interested in, in pursuing that avenue a little bit further. But when I was graduating from uh, undergrad, I couldn't decide if I wanted to go to medical school or a PhD program. And so I was like, you know what? I'll go to business school because I know whatever I do, that'll be useful, and then I'll figure the rest out while I'm there. And when I showed up. I started working in the Center for Entrepreneurship, and while I was there, I got to see a lot of exciting companies come out, and people were building businesses, and I got excited about the venture capital world and all these different areas, and so that was when I started to get the bug and say, maybe I should start something myself and, and see where that'll go. And at the same time, I was working in a medical practice, in an orthopedic medical practice, and I loved it. I really enjoyed I, I had a great job there. I was able to go into surgeries, and I also got to see the business back end. And um, it was very exciting for me, but I also saw a lot of physicians who were getting jaded a little bit by the practice. They'd, you, know, you can imagine they'll come out of school. They spend the first couple of years paying off their med lo- medical school loans. Then they look around and they say, well, this doctor has a big house and a nice car, so I'd like a big house and a nice car. And then you know, they start spending a lot of money on that stuff. And it's interesting, you know, not everybody falls in this category, but many physicians seem to have a great job where they're making decent money, but all of a sudden they have to pay for this big lifestyle and they're sort of they're sort of trapped a little bit. They have to go into work at the hospital every day even if they don't necessarily feel like it and um it removes a little bit of control from their life. And so I've always been an explorer and we talked about the travel photography piece earlier. And so I wanted to make sure that I had some freedom built in. And that was what I wanted to build with, with my own business. And so when I started, I knew that I wanted two things. I wanted freedom and I also wanted the ability to build an audience or to build a platform that was excited about the things I was excited about. Because eventually if I went to medical school or if I worked in health and wellness, I wanted to be able to connect with people who also cared about those things not just face-to-face in my medical practice, but around the world. Because if you really believe about a certain set of ideas or values, then you need to have a platform to spread it, and nothing scales like the web. So I started my first site, which is called PassivePanda.com, and that was about freelancing and freelance marketing. And so it helped freelancers market their business, and it's still up and live right now. I'm still helping people and you know selling courses through that site. And then I started another service called Credit Card Fly, which teaches people how to fly for free, travel for free using frequent flyer mile deals through credit cards. Uh, I mentioned, you know, the 15 or 16 countries I've been to in the last two years, and most of those flights have been through using frequent flyer miles. And so I was familiar with the, the system and the setup. And so I built these websites and web properties around those problems and then started solving those problems for people. And most of the audience that I build and the revenue that I generate comes from the email lists that I build there and the people that I connect with and the audiences that I have. And then I can offer them you know, useful free information and occasionally useful paid information. Hmm. Fascinating. And it, had, and it has uh, – are you reaping the rewards of your intentions? I mean have you been able to achieve what it is that you set out to achieve? I understand that it's growing and you could always want more. But in the sense, are you there? I mean are, are, do you have the freedom that you desire in your life? Sure. So I do in many aspects. I mean, you know, the businesses have been successful. Uh, Passive Panda is ranked in the top 100 personal finance sites in the world. And I mean, they're both they're both doing well. 
Um, but I think more importantly is that they have laid the foundation for me to do what I call my life's work. And jamesclear.com is the, the platform for that. And so the goal is now that I understand how to build an audience online, now that I understand email marketing, now that I understand blogging, now that I understand social media and how to capture people's attention online, I can use those skills to make the world a healthier and happier place. And so that was why I started with something that wasn't health and fitness related because I figured whatever I did first, I would just screw up, right? And I've made a ton of mistakes um, and I'm just learning now. I mean, I'm still learning like, like we all are. And so the goal is to answer your question about have I found fulfillment or am I there? I don't think I'm there and it's for one reason. Um, one thing that you don't get with online business is the personal connection, right? Like, And this is why I'm studying to go to medical school right now is because I feel that being a physician, I'll be able to make a difference in your individual life, right? I'll be looking at you face-to-face. I'll be laying hands on you. I'll be right there in the same room with you. And that type of connection is hard to get online. Now, what you do have that you can't get in the medical office is scale and reach. And so I can impact more people's lives through the website, but I can impact them in a less connected way. And so what I'm hoping is that I'll have this blend that I'm, and I'm slowly building this right now with my own platform on jamesclear.com and then my own work face to face. And then you're going to have the connection and the reach. And I think that will be when I'm there, so to speak. Oh, I, I, I agree. You know, and it sounds like you've got a very, um, simple plan, you know, that it's very well laid out for yourself and that you, you, and you're disciplined to take those steps. Yeah, I would say so. And I think honestly, anybody can do what I'm doing as far as, you know, it doesn't require any magical genius or anything. It just is, it comes down to discipline and it also comes down to how bad do you want it, right? Like it hasn't been easy. I mean, I, uh, you know, for the first year or so, I didn't really make much money. I mean, the first year I lived on basically $15,000, you know, and now the the business makes much more than that, but, um, it wasn't easy to get started. And so it's, you know, it's hard and it takes sacrifice. And I think for me, it was as easy as it could have been. And it was still hard. Um, you know, I didn't have a family. I didn't have kids that I needed to provide for and still it was difficult. And so, I'm not saying that to discourage anyone who is a parent or who may have a more difficult circumstance or situation to start in. But all I'm saying is that you have to want it. And discipline is only part of it. Overcoming the emotional roller coaster of day-to-day work and overcoming the, you know, just the, the continual state of confusion, right? I mean, when you start something, as an entrepreneur, I compare it to being in an ocean compared to being in a river. When you're an employee, you have direction, right? Your boss or your company will say, we want you to do X and we want you to move in this direction. It's your job to figure out how to get down the river without banging into the shore. It's your job to figure out how to get down the river faster, but you know which way you're going. As an entrepreneur, you can choose any direction you want every morning. So it's like sitting in the middle of the ocean. So the the important part is you know, storms will come along. You're going to need to pick a direction to row in. Um, so setting setting those goals for yourself, I think, are are some of the hardest things. And then you have to be disciplined enough to keep rowing every day. Indeed. And it is the tenacity. It is the um, uh, you keep on keeping on because you believe in what you're doing. You believe in yourself. And, and that's sometimes hard to do. You know, I know for myself with growing, harvesting happiness, which, you know, is 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 it is flourishing, but it takes time to bring these projects to the place where we would like them all to be. And it is only because in the belief in the mission that it is easy to keep going. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, um, 
I think it's important to 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 realize that it's normal. If you're, I mean, if you're someone who's going to try to build your own thing or be an entrepreneur, it's normal to to struggle. It's normal for it to be difficult. Everybody goes through it, and I think that when you look around, it's so easy. I think there's a lot of hype and a lot of fluff from everybody who says like, you know, there's the whole fake it till you make it thing, and everybody. If you talk to anybody, they always tell you business is going great and stuff. And the truth is, it's actually really difficult, and um, it's not sexy. It's not easy. And, you know, most of the time it's hard to see that because if you just look at what people are saying or what it looks like on the surface, then you feel like you're the only one who's struggling. But it's hard for everybody. Now, the good news is that once you make it, it's worth it. Um, It's awesome. I mean, I have so much freedom right now. I'm able to pursue projects that I'm passionate about. I'm able to work on things that people value. I love the emails and the tweets that I get from readers and listeners. It's, I don't know, it's awesome to feel like you're making an impact in people's lives by doing things that excite you, but it's not easy to get there and to make it work financially. No, it is not. And what actually is sexy about the process is the truth, is coming together with people who are really pursuing their dreams and their passions, who can sit there and say, you know, it's not always easy. It's very hard work. And yet at the end of the day, I am so happy being right here doing what I'm doing because I, I I believe in it. You know, I believe in the mission. I believe in myself. I believe that it is touching people's lives in a positive, impactful way. And it's how I want to do this life. Absolutely. I think you, you mentioned something interesting there too, which is that uh, you get to connect with all these interesting people. And that for me has been one of the greatest things about it. I mean, you can connect with with almost anybody because you say, hey, this is my project. This is what I'm working on. This is what I'm trying to get out to the world. This is what I believe in. And you seem like you're interested in something related to it, right? It, whatever the intro happens to be, like, let's get together. I'm the founder. I'm the owner. I'm the person who started this thing. And I have met so many amazing people because of you know just having my own project that I started, just having my own business that I started. And that has been – I think that has been the best part of it because the friends that I've made, the people that I've connected with are the type of people who believe the same things you believe in. You know, I think Jim Rohn was the one who said the famous quote, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And <laughs> having – If you start to think about it, it's like what type of people am I spending my days with, right? Like who am I surrounding myself with? Are they interested in the same things I'm interested in? You know, as one example here, some of the research shows us that if you have a friend who has gained weight, who has become obese, you're like 60% more likely to gain weight yourself even if they live hundreds of miles away from you. And so the the idea here is that who you connect with on a close basis, who you have these close connections with – they impact the way that you act. And so if you have this project or this thing that you're excited about or this reason to connect with amazing people, then all of a sudden you look around and you're surrounded by people who aren't saying, how could I do that? We how are do this? They're saying, how could I not? We are going to need to go to a break, James. Sorry to interrupt you, but I want to gracefully take us into the break, dancing there together. And I do have an announcement, and that is that our talks – from TEDx Malibu 2012, Living Out Loud, are now live on TED.com. They are also live on TEDxMalibu.com as well as YouTube. This year I spoke about the mysteries of fear and how our brains direct or deflect our resiliency and ability to thrive. So check that out on, t- on uh, TED.com. You're listening to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. This is Lisa Cypress-King. 
We know that life is tough and that happiness can and does live along with adversity. We'll be right back to explain how on Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Kamen on toginet.com. Like us on Facebook at Harvesting Happiness and on Twitter at HH Talk Radio. Lisa returns with more of Harvesting Happiness following this short break. According to the American Academy of Family Physicians, up to 20% of Americans experience some form of the winter blues because of variables like weather conditions, post-holiday debt, and lower motivational levels. In addition to these seasonal factors, everyday annoyances like traffic or phone issues may make the difference between a cheerful day and a challenging one. Leading happiness expert Lisa Cypress-Kamen knows just what to do when it comes to achieving happiness, even in the face of common daily frustrations. Start each morning with a routine that makes you feel organized, prepared, and ready to take on the day. For example, enjoying a daily glass of cold, refreshing 100% Florida orange juice could be just what you need to begin your day on an upbeat note. For a quick and easy mood boost, Lisa recommends going for a walk outside, listening to your favorite inspirational song, or simply taking five deep breaths to bring you back to the moment with a rejuvenated outlook. For more happiness tips and helpful resources, visit Facebook.com slash Florida Orange Juice. A part of the grateful good. Grateful Nation brings together patients, families, friends, and staff of Beth Israel Deaconess Medical Center to support the quality care and groundbreaking research at the Medical Center. Through new and traditional media, members of Grateful Nation share experiences, thank our caregivers and researchers, participate in sweepstakes, and gather to sponsor and host events and much more. Being grateful inspires others to be grateful as well. Isn't it time we jumpstart some perpetual gratitude? Visit Grateful Nation online to find out more at www.gratefulnation.org. Have a grateful day. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress-Kamen on Toginet, the show dedicated to promoting happiness because happiness is a choice and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. So let's get back to it. It's Harvesting Happiness on toginet.com. And now back to your host, Lisa Cypress-Kamen. Welcome back for our final segment of today's show, which is all about the art of becoming better. And I'm here today with James Clear, who is a man on a mission to make the world well. And what we mean by make the world well is he has got a very integrated approach and philosophy that involves the body and the mind and the pocket um, to lead a happy, holistic, great life. So, James, let's continue carrying on our conversation about um, our goals and what happens to us, which is very much part of human nature. I, I liken it to the bowl with the hole. You know, we set goals for ourselves, and then when we get what we think it is we want, and I put the emphasis on the word think, um, we start, we go right back to ground zero. You know, we uh, feel as though we have then failed in a certain sense. We've got what we want, and we're still not happy. Yeah, I think what you're referencing there as well is sort of that feeling of maybe emptiness that comes with after achieving something or after, you know, after reaching a particular goal, as you mentioned, or a particular milestone that we set for ourselves. And it's I I think it happens a lot because we we think that the accomplishment itself will be 
a justification for who we are. And there's there's not necessarily a link between the things that you achieve and the identity that you have or the type of person that you believe that you are. And so that's one thing, honestly, why I think it's important to try to develop strong daily habits and not necessarily put all the emphasis on this, you know, this external reward or this uh, outward goal. Um, I have one example from my own life in in high school, I was uh, I was student body president and was very involved. And so I, there was this award that was given out at the end of the year for you know for students who helped the um, helped the high school a lot. And you know it was only given to one student, and I was convinced that I should get it. And I ended up not getting it, and I was really upset about. it. I felt like gypped. I felt like I wasn't respected. I felt like I was a failure. And looking back on it, it was like, man, why did I tie so much? of my self-worth and value into this result or this goal. And I think that in many ways, the same thing can happen when you achieve a goal, even if, you know, even though you achieve what you set out for, it's like, why did I tell, tie so much of my self-worth up into this result? And so there's a little bit of that feeling of feeling lost or confused or, you know, not sure where to go next because you, you realize that who you are is not the same as the goals that you set. Oh, that's that's beautifully put. It's true. I mean, and when you separate the two, the goals are an external uh, issue, and the internal part, you know, the value, the values, and the character that we develop, you know, to be the person that we are, is who we are. You know, the, the fact that we can be kind, compassionate, have empathy, have integrity, uh, have humor, ha- have joy even when life is not always joyful. You know, to manage our expectations, to do no harm to others, to uh, treat others uh, or treat ourselves the way we believe that we should be treating others, which is a little bit of a twist on, on, on the old adage, you know. Are we being kind to ourselves in the process of doing this? Yeah, and honestly, I think this is one reason why we should, as a society, but also, you know, it starts on an individual basis, should spend a little less time putting the people who achieve particular numbers or results on a pedestal. You know, the athletes, the political leaders, the blockbuster entrepreneurs spend less time revering these, you know, these results or these successes and a little more time learning from the type of people who maybe live their lives on a daily basis by a standard that we would like to replicate, right? By becoming the type of person who, lives by a stronger standard, who who believes in themselves a little bit more, who does something kind or something grateful each day, who can be counted on by the people that matter to them. I feel like those daily processes will lead to more fulfillment and more happiness on an individual basis rather than, you know, revering these massive results or successes or building the million dollar business or having a bigger house or a nicer car or achieving, you know, even a promotion in your job. I mean, these are all great things to have, but they're not definitions of who you are. I think the desire to achieve results quickly often fools us into thinking that that the result itself is the prize when really that slow growth in those daily habits and that introspection and proving to yourself the type of person that you are and becoming the type of person that you're proud of is really the true prize. I, I couldn't have said it better myself, which brings me to another point that I want to touch upon um, very, very softly because we don't have a lot of time left, and that is the concept of the reticular mind. And that is the relationship between the conscious and the unconscious mind and how we use our attention. Where we focus our attention is where we end up. So if we spend our time uh, focusing on worry, focusing on doubt, focusing on um, things that we cannot do, 
unfortunately, we will find ourselves there. But conversely, if we focus our atten- uh, att- attention and intention on creating those things within our lives that support us positively, it is pretty much a guarantee that the life is going to act accordingly. And that's not going to guarantee that we're going to win the lottery or we're going to have that Mercedes parked in the driveway. But it is going to ease our way with, uh, with creation in our lives. Uh, Lisa, I think you bring a great point up there. And it's, it is true. And I think that's one thing. This ties back to what we mentioned earlier, that the type of people that you surround yourself with can impact your actions and your beliefs and the things that you do in daily life. And one reason that I think that is true is because of exactly what you're talking about here, which is that the if you're surrounded by people who believe in themselves or who believe that the world is good or who believe that you know that good things will happen to them then you're going to start to believe the same things if you're surrounded by people who are anxious who worry a lot who blame the world for things that happen to them who play the role of the victim often then you're going to start to mirror those same behaviors and the the main lesson here i think is not necessarily just about the people you surround yourself with but about the stimuli and the impact of the things that are in your life right if you're surrounded by things that provide negative energy and negative thoughts to you then it's only natural that you're going to start to reflect some of those in your own life as well so uh, my encouragement would be to try to pick one small thing today that can provide positive energy or positive encouragement or a confident boost uh, to the way that you approach life. And if you have those inputs and those stimuli, whether it's from people who surround you or from things on your office desk or from you know what you watch on TV or YouTube, whatever it is, if you have some type of positive stimulus, it's more likely that you're going to reflect that in your own life. And I think you're absolutely right. The way that you approach things will dramatically improve or hinder the actions that you take and the results that you enjoy. And let's talk a little bit about uh, the people we surround ourselves with. We, we are, we're really, really running out of time, but I want to, this is really important. And this is about human beings as being very tribal. I mean, this is in our DNA, that we are wired to operate with community. And if you are not surrounding yourself with people who you can support, that you feel good about supporting and who are supportive of you, then it's time to broaden your reach. And and sometimes we're isolated. We live in remote places or maybe we have uh, physical challenges or emotional challenges that make it hard for us to get out of the house. But the godsend of all godsends for people who are in this situation is the internet. The very thing that you talk about as being the gateway to your entrepreneurial success. So there are there are ways to reach out and create a new village or an expanded village of support um, that can help bolster you and set you on a trajectory that is positive towards fulfilling your goals. Oh, absolutely. And the one thing that I would suggest with this is to realize that it's not just about networking and connecting with as many people as possible. What it's really about are the close connections. So how can you surround yourself with two or three people who live the type of life that you believe in, who would do things on a daily basis in a way that you would be proud of doing them yourself, who are excited about the same things you're excited about and who maybe are really good at things that you're not good at yet? 
If you surround yourself with a couple people like that in a very close fashion, then they impact your life on a daily basis rather than thinking, I need to get in touch with everybody who's ever done this. Oh, agreed. And, and, and that creates actually a very, a very shallow sense of community. And what, what I'm talking about broadening your horizons, if you're not surrounded by people who are supporting you and you can be supportive of because your visions aren't aligned, and by aligned visions, I don't mean that you have like-minded goals, but you have a like-minded ethos. You know, I think that's really what we're talking about. Then it's time to expand, you know, and, and that, and that is, is, requires a little bit of courage and a little bit of a leap of faith and certainly a lot of humor. We have, uh, wow, we have just been through uh, an adventure. We've done a little emotional tourism today, exploring these topics of how to make the world a better place and the art of becoming better with James Clear. And I want to um, share an offer that he has made, which is to create some special downloadables for our listeners. And you can go to jamesclear.com slash HH, and you can pick up uh, a couple cool tip sheets from James there. And I also want to give his contact information on Twitter. He is at James underscore clear and that's C-L-E-A-R. And on Facebook, he is James Clear. And once again, the website is www.jamesclear.com, the founder of The Art of Becoming Better. And he is a super awesome human being, and we are grateful to you, James, for being with us today. And here are a few thoughts before we part. Uh, Happiness is not a destination. It cannot be bought, sold, or traded. Happiness will never invite you to the party. Happiness simply comes down to a choice to show up each and every day in the world with passion, purpose, place, and meaning. Thanks for joining us on Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. This is Lisa Cypress-Kamen wishing you kind thoughts, kinder words, and the kindest of actions. Until next time, remember, happiness is an inside job. Happiness is your inside job. And next week, we are having a military focus show where we are going to talk about an amazing event that Harvesting Happiness for Heroes is a part of. It's going to take place in Hot Springs, Arkansas. We will be having Sally Culbreth of Committed to Freedom on the air, as well as the documentary filmmakers of Service, When Women Come Marching Home. And this will include Patricia Stoddard and one of the featured veterans in the film Brigitte McCoy who is a poet and an artist as well as a veteran and we are going to be doing a fundraiser in Hot Springs, Arkansas, where we are screening the film and raising awareness and resources about and for military sexual trauma and assault to offer programming in Little Rock, Arkansas in October. So any of our listeners out there who uh, have friends, family in the Little Rock, Hot Springs area, please, please, please get the word out. March 7th in Hot Springs, Arkansas. It's a salon screening session of Service the Film When Women Come Marching Home. Don't come easy Nobody got no time anyway Somehow Thanks for joining us on Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio with Lisa Cypress-Kamen. Join us every Wednesday morning live at 10 to 11 Central Time here on Toginet Radio. Then harvest your own happiness anytime from the comfort of wherever you are with free downloadable podcasts.